Y'all remember hearing, I bet my dad could beat up your dad. Yeah, well, I bet my DC does better than your DC, the other OSU. It's Friday. If you ain't got no job, you ain't got nothing to do. We're going to get this show right, Craig. You are locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. Of course, you know we're available on every single podcasting platform. We're also visually available on YouTube, and you can follow me personally on Twitter at State. I do have to give a shout-out to all the regulars, a.k.a. the regulators out there. I appreciate you guys. Got to give another shout-out to um, all of the players and players' parents and stuff that watch. I want to greatly appreciate it. I I dig the messages that I've been getting. Keep them coming. Uh, This is absolutely an amazing time to be an Oklahoma State Cowboy fan. So when you look at this year's defense, I think there should be the the comparison – we don't need to be thinking about 2022 as much as 2021, right? And, and some people are going to say, Cody, you're crazy. How could you say these things? Okay, well, we're going to jump right off into it right here. So when you look at the 2021 defense, this thing that it took Jim Knowles quite some time to put together, can we be as good as 2021? I think so. Can we be better? Well, that's probably unlikely because in 2021 – we were number four in total defense. We're actually number three without the extra game. We played 14 games. The the, the top three only played 13 games. Um, but we were number seven in America in scoring defense, number two in America and holding our opponents third down percentage, number one in the country in stacks, number one in the country in tackles for loss, number one in the Big 12 in all of those categories plus more. We only gave up 18 points a game. Right, We only gave up 253 points all daggone season. From a rushing perspective, our defense shut them down to 87 yards a game. We only gave up 1,227 yards on the entire season. In the rushing department passing, we only gave up 2,585. That's 184 yards per game. That is amazing. And we all know this. And then so let's look at 2022 before we talk about the roster differentiation here. We were number 115 in America in yards allowed. We gave up 423 yards a game. We were 101st in the country in rushing yards per game, almost 180. We were 104th in America in passing per game. Number 89 in America in points given up at almost 29 points a game. But I think last year we we tried to do too much, 
Offensively, we had the square peg and a round hole type of comparison for the majority of the season. It just was what it was. Dom Richardson is a perfect example of you trying to do something that is just not working. We're trying to run a zone blocking scheme with a guy who wants to run straight for four yards and doesn't have the vision. It just is what it is. But whenever you look at the differences between the 2021 defense and the 2023 defense, I think you're going to be excited. I think you're going to be very pumped up. But last year, we tried to take the the very oh, complicated system of Jim Knowles, right? And hats off to Derek Mason, who took the time in the offseason to kind of get up to speed, to deconstruct, to reconstruct, to put it all back together. And then by the latter half of the season, you could say that he was the only, the only coordinator on the staff that you saw definite improvement. And we still... We're putting up those kind of numbers. So we went from being number one in the country, number two in the country, number one in the country, number seven in the country, number four in the country, and all these defensive statistics to number 115, number 101, number 104, number 89. Like, And then to, to factor in that that was the best improved side of the ball for the entire of the season is kind of sad. It is sad for all of us to think of what we potentially could have had last, last year. Mason Cobb, perfect example of what everybody wants to talk about and how Oklahoma State was going to go backwards after he left. Okay, cool. So as we're about to jump into this roster analysis, I'll just give you a little bit of, of, a, of an idea here, right? Is Mason Cobb and Colin Oliver the same player? No, they're not. Is Mason Cobb a very good linebacker? Absolutely. Like nobody, there's literally nobody in the country that can say otherwise. But Colin Oliver, stay with me, he might be better. He very well could be better. And from the cornerback position, from the defensive line alone, Right, we've had this conversation about Gundy talked about how getting 300 pound dudes and, and this and that and the other to Stillwater, Oklahoma is not the easiest thing in the world to do. We got a bunch of them now, but when you look at just the size differentiation all across the board, there is going to be a difference. There's going to be a massive difference between this season and last season, right? So that's why it's not even necessarily worth com comparing. But I did numerically want to break down what 2021 was, what 2022 was, and we're about to get into why 2023 should be considerably different than 2022, more reminiscent of the 2021 season. I really like what Derek Mason was trying to do. And congrats to him, by the way. He just got a job uh, with the SEC Network, so we will be seeing him on TV. Now, I think whenever he came to Oklahoma State University, he had already been flirting with the idea of retirement, which is why he's got a house pretty close to Auburn campus. Uh, he's got a lot of land, and he considered just saying he was good then. But he wasn't quite done yet. He came to Oklahoma State. What I think... What I think he was trying to do was if the defense would have had a massive season because everybody's talk was how Oklahoma State's defense was going to nosedive without Jim Knowles since Jim Knowles went to Ohio State University. And, uh, you know, he, he did he did a very good job, but if it would have went well, it would have kick-started and launched him into whatever head coaching job. And it just didn't quite go right. So he took uh, took the latter option, which was retirement. Hang out on the farm. Hang out with his family. Now he gets to you know make appearances on on TV, and that's great. 
we're all happy for him. Who would have thought that losing Derek Mason could have potentially put us in a spot that we could be better in 2023? I know nobody's seen what Brian Nardo can do, but when you do see what Brian Nardo can do, a lot of it's going to be because of the talent, because of the athleticism, because of the depth. We have an embarrassment of riches. Jim Knowles did not. Jim Knowles had to basically form chess on the field and make it work and make it make sense, and it took some years to do that. But we've got some upperclassmen in this defense that understand what they need to do. We've got quite a few guys right now that are starting. Some of them are still backups that were backups in 2021. So not only do you get to see the difference in Rob Glass, the strength and conditioning coach, but you also get the understanding of what Brian Nardo is able to bring out of these guys, not just because of the, the change from the four to kind of base four three thing that we were running for quite some time to this three three five, which is essentially the same thing, except for you have more speed, you have more talent, which I think gives you more capabilities, whether it be in the run or in the passing game, it should be pretty reminiscent of 2021. It's time, it's time to buy in, ladies and gentlemen. It is absolutely time to buy in. So let's Let's uh, get to the roster side of things here in a minute. But before we do, I have to let you guys out here know about eBay Motors. For a championship team, you got to make sure you can get them there. And you got to make sure that every player on that team is a perfect fit. It's the same exact thing when it comes to your rig. Every part needs to fit just right. So next time you need parts and accessories, Get on down to eBay Motors. With the eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need does, in fact, fit right the first time around. Just add your ride to the garage and look for the green check to know if the part's going to fit or your money back. Because just like, again, in sports, like you, you got to have confidence in what you're trying to do. Shopping eBay Motors will give you that confidence. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you will be back in the game in new New time. It's super easy to bring home the W when you can guarantee the parts fit right. So get the right parts, get the right fit at the right prices. Use eBay Motors today at ebaymotors.com. In the famous words of Russell Wilson, let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions will apply. So now I get to jump into the fun part, the roster breakdown. All right, so let's look at 2021 versus some of the 2023 just from a size, athleticism, style of perspective. So we lose Brock Martin. Brock Martin was starting defensive end in 2021. Brock Martin was a very productive player for Oklahoma State University. He was one of the fan favorites. But at 6'3", 250, it's not like, it's not like he was going to be the biggest, baddest bruiser at the defensive end position. And he didn't exactly have the most speed in the world, but he was beyond serviceable. He was a very good leader, very good captain. But look at what we have right now. What we have right now on the other side is going to be Anthony Goodlow, the four-star All-American out of Tulsa, six foot four, 290 pounds. Heck, if you look at even the backups, right, the, the, the scenarios of the backups are going to be considerably different as well. Colin Clay or Colin Oliver was the backup then at 6'2, 220. Right now, Israel Suman Hunley is going to be a backup at 6'5, 260. Let's jump over the defensive tackle, the most fun position, I think, so far this offseason. But everybody loves Brendan Evers, another tried and true cowboy. 
But 6'2", 295, right? That's not bad. A little bit, a little bit smaller than, than you'd like. Insert Colin Clay at six foot three, 310 pounds right here, right now. Everybody uh, remembers Jaden Jernigan. He was a backup to Brennan Evers. Went on to Mizzou, but he was 6'1", 280. That's, that's not great for a defensive tackle, ladies and gentlemen. But if you look at somebody that we don't even know if he's going to be, you know, right there, it's going to be Xavier Ross. But he's 6'4", 295. So you're not even 100% sure if that's going to be the route that we go. But if you do, he's got the time. He's got the experience. He's got the tenacity. And Aiden Kelly actually has been getting back into the fold he had some injuries he had to kind of recover from. Took him a little bit to get rock and rolling, but he is, in fact, rocking and rolling now. He's back up in that two deep, and he's performing very, very well. So you could throw him into the mix. You go to the other starting defensive tackle was Israel Antwine, 6'3", 300. Pretty daggone impressive. He's doing some stuff with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he's a, a very good guy, but production-wise, he didn't do a lot. And he sure as, sure as all get out, not six foot four, 350 pounds like Justin Kirkland is. In the backup for Israel Anton, we'll see on the IC, 6'1", 320, not bad. I think Inman Oates is going to be an absolute beast at six foot three, 310, same exact size as Colin Clay. A lot of similarities there. I do actually think Oates is a little bit more athletic in his pursuit angles than Colin Clay is. But again, from the defensive tackle position, we got better. Faux show. From the defensive end position, I don't know if you can say we got better, right? We're going to have to see it. But from a size and athleticism perspective, you could make the argument that we did potentially get at least the same, right? You look at the other side for 2021 defensive end, Tyler Lacey. He was a big dude in the NFL for good reason, six foot four, 290 pounds. Hard to knock that one. But behind him, now you have somebody like uh, Cody Walters. He's put in his time. He understands what he needs to do, and he's six foot six, 285 pounds. Nathan Latou, he is ready to emerge. He is ready to be one of the guys that you see every Saturday showing up, no matter what's happening, at six foot four, 270 pounds. I think that's serviceable. Deshaun Brown, six foot two, 260 pounds. And he, or six foot three, 260, and he is somebody that we've had on our, I guess you could call it a big board of big time performers coming for quite some time. So, again, could it potentially be an upgrade? We shall see. Don't know. Tyler Lacey's a beast, but we didn't go down. Then you get to linebacker, middle linebacker. Malcolm Rodriguez is hard to have a comparison to anybody because he was an absolute freak of nature that did some things that at Oklahoma State that uh, will always be talked about. But, he was 5'11", 225. Everybody remembers when he came to Oklahoma State, it was to be a safety, and he just happened to be able to bulk up. Justin Wright comes in ready to rock and roll at 6'2", 250. And from a production standpoint, if you look what Malcolm Rodriguez was able to do and you look at Justin Wright in two years at Tulsa, the performance is actually pretty spectacularly spot on. Is he as good? No. Is he going to be more than serviceable? Absolutely. Will he fit into this defense better than, than anybody could have ever imagined coming into the season? Absolutely. Cameron Farrar was, was Malcolm Rodriguez's backup. Poor dude was only six foot 205. You look at a backup right now for maybe uh, Justin Wright, even though the linebackers are kind of all switching all over the place, along with the safeties and the cornerbacks, which is a beautiful idea. But Jeff Robertson, six foot two, 230, and he was going to be a starter last season. 
Devin Harper. It took Devin Harper, what, five, six years before he was able to really get on the field and show what he could do. Now he's making a little bit of a name for himself in the NFL, so kudos to him. We know he's really, really good. But at six foot two thirty, is that the same thing as Xavier Benson at six foot two, two thirty? No, not necessarily, because Xavier's faster, Xavier's quicker, Xavier's more athletic. Come on, y'all. And then you look at Mason Cobb, who we talked about in the opening. Six foot, 225 pounds. Not bad. But we're talking about Colin Oliver at six foot two, 235 pounds now. And again, again, you're going to have the same conversation about, is he faster? Maybe. Is he more athletic? Maybe. He's already an All-American. Nick Session, a backup, who caused a fumble yesterday. Matter of fact, uh, we had five, five turnovers. Yesterday for the defense. Five turnovers yesterday for the defense. One of them by the six foot two or six foot 220 pound Nick Sessions. And then you got Gabe Brown from Stiller High School, six foot two at 230 pounds. Everything about 2023 is going to be different. You could say 2021 cornerback Christian Holmes was a beast. He's a beast in the NFL right now. Kudos to him. Six foot one, 205 pounds. But let's let's face it, guys. Cam Smith, six foot two, almost 200 right here, right now. And he's a young kid. Cameron Epps, six foot three, 210 pound cornerback that played quarterback. This is different. I mean, Jerk Renault Converse, pretty doggone good. Six two or six one, 200. Corey Black, six foot. Corey Black's 190 pounds. Is Corey Black faster than Jerk Renault Converse? Yes. Is he more athletic? I'd say they're pretty daggone comparable. DJ McKinney is going to play quite a bit. DJ McKinney is a type of size guy that we had for for quite some time. But when you have like a 40-inch vertical, kind of helps a little bit, right? Tanner McAllister. Tanner McAllister was a pretty good player for Oklahoma State, but he was 5'11", 190 pounds. And then you look at somebody like Lyric Rawls right now, who's six foot one, two twenty, and we talked about the other day. Looks like a grown man. Trey Rucker, six foot two ten. Again, Nick Sessions, six foot two hundred. Jason Taylor III's a bad mama jamma, right? He was a great get for Oklahoma State. He was an Oki, a local product that outperformed, outkicked the coverage, as you could say. But his replacement is who other than Kendall Daniels at six foot four, two hundred twenty pounds. This is a different animal. 2023 is different than 2021. And we do have some seniority. We do have some leadership. It's not like this roster is loaded down with a plethora of nothing but underclassmen. That's not the case. Cam Smith got a lot of playing time last year, as did Cameron Epps. Corey Black is a senior. Cam Smith had three years of ball now. Cameron Epps is just a savant who gets it, who understands it, as is DJ McKinney. Hale Smith has been here for a few years now. Now he's coming on. He's emerging as somebody that we're going to be having a hard time keeping off the field. I mean, guys, Deshaun Buckner is six, six foot, now 210. Kenneth Harris is six foot, 200. Kevin Beeman, six foot, over 200. Jordan Reagan, six one, 190 or something like that. We have way more size and athleticism than we did in 2021. No, we don't have a Malcolm Rodriguez. I get that. But what we do have is a Justin Wright 
who's been doing this for years and producing crazy numbers for years on top of an Xavier Benson that showcased his athleticism at Texas Tech. He showcased his ability to be where he's at right now, and he stepped up to be that leader. Braden Cassidy, the other side of the ball, who started off of a, as a defensive end, then went to like the pseudo-tight end, cowboy back style of role. Now he's a fullback who's busting out big yardage as he did yesterday. Nick Martin continues to be all over the daggone field. And he's six foot, almost 220. We are just deeper. We are just deeper than 2021 at most positions other than wide receiver. Right, and so since since we are coming around to this this side of, of of the fray of things, I do have to at least mention Arlen Bruce sucks for you, bud. Now I had heard some grumblings about this a couple weeks ago, uh, so I mentioned it in one of the episodes. I don't know, probably last week. But I'd also heard that he wasn't wrapped up in it. So I'd heard both, right? I heard he is tied up in this. Now he's probably good. So I threw it out there. I mean, it, it would suck if he is part of the betting scandal. And he is. So shout out to the first gentleman that got a hold of me to let me know that uh, he was likely involved. It is what it is. Now, does this automatically mean we're going to need more receivers to, to step up? Yeah, sure. You know, I, I do think that this does take a massive hit to depth. But Kale Cabanus has been showing up. I would say he's ready to step in. Mason Gilkey, I know slot isn't necessarily going to be his cup of taters, but he's making some moves right now. Cameron Hurd is a good candidate to slide right in there. Another former offensive player in high school that sees things from a little bit of a different perspective. If, if BP's good, we know that, right? We know we're not going to have any problems there. Tyke Andrews probably going to take some time to get up to speed, just like Jalen Pope. But we already know 100% certainty Rashad Owens could do it right here, right now. Rashad Owens could slide in because he's had to do it before. Blaine Green had to slide in last year, put on a little bit of weight. He's not even being talked about enough, but he's another person that could potentially slide in there. And if we're having the conversation that Blaine Green and Rashad Owens are people that could slide in to cover the loss of an Arlen Bruce, then does that not speak glowingly about Talon Chetron and Jaden Bray? Like, right now, what guys like Deshaun Stribling and BP – are, are giving us, it's more than serviceable. And people sleep on Kale Cabanis. Cameron Hurd's got some abilities. The Leon Johnson the third, right? This could move him up on the depth chart if you're going to have to scoot Rashad over. We're all right. We are okay. It does suck because Arlen Bruce is a weapon. But it's just ridiculous. Oh, oh, since we shouted out all the parents that listen, make sure that all of you give this information out to your kids. Just don't do it. It's the NIL era, the access in the university to training tables and athletics, uh, dietitians and all that fun jazz. You have access to everything. You get free tuition. You get NIL money. 
Like there's just there's there's no need. There's no need. It's unnecessary. And if you don't have a FanDuel account or you can't bet on a FanDuel account, go find you a buddy. If you're an adult, you can bet as an adult with your friends. But what you shouldn't do is have college kids kids recruiting. It does matter. It can have an effect. You could drop an extra pass. You could accidentally run the wrong route. You could throw the ball into the wrong coverage. You could fall down and slip in the red zone. Like there's there's a lot of things that can affect your play if you are betting on the game. It's a fact. It's the Pete Rose effect. And people still are chastising Pete Rose. Pete Rose still is not into the Hall of Fame. Maybe likely you'll never get there. Arlen Bruce will likely get a, I don't know, man. He's just too good not to get a chance somewhere at some point in time. This sucks. It does. But this is also a lesson. You can't do it. You cannot do it. And the crappy part is there's probably more. Crappy part is. We're having to have this conversation in the NIL era. That I just, I don't get it. I really, really, really don't. But it is what it is. All right, uh, we'll, we'll hammer segment three real quick. It says Gundy versus Dunn. It's not like an animosity type of perspective. But their relationship from his conversion from wide receiver coach to offense coordinator hasn't exactly been the smoothest. Does he have too much faith? Maybe. Yeah. Sometimes for sure. But we also know he comes on the headset and overrides. You know that there's a contentious relationship because there's times in interviews during this last season that they kind of threw shade at each other in interviews. But now they've had this opportunity to come together we're going to need to say, all right, buddy, we got to do something different 2023. We got to do something special in 2023. We cannot continue down this road. It's not working. So they made a concerted effort to get together and find portions, right, of last year's offense and portions of the, the earlier offenses, less miles even when Gundy was the offense coordinator, the diamond formation style of stuff, right? Julius Crossland, Kai Staley, Bryant Ward, years of running the football with that level of fullback, having a true type of tight end. So it's not, I don't think it's a Gundy verse done anymore. And I don't think it ever was like from, you know, anything other than healthy competition. I'm sure that they both thought that they were doing the right thing at certain times. So the fact that they are now in unison and they're working off of the same exact script, I think is going to be great for this season. Gundy is, in fact, involved in install. Well, now that's primarily pretty pretty knocked out. Are you going to add stuff through the course of the season? Yes, you're going to be a little bit more vanilla in your first 
few games than when you get to conference play. That's fair. But the wrinkles this season are going to be fun, especially from the defensive side of the ball. Brian Nardo is like a kid in a candy store because he has so much to work with. It's like if you buy a dealership and you find a, a, a barn that the dealership owns, and it's got a bunch of bad mama jamma Camaros and Mustangs and Chargers and Challengers in there. That's what it's like. That's what it feels like. So I don't think this is a, a Gundy verse done anymore. I don't think that you're going to have the same um, coming over the headset. No, we're not going to run that. It's going to be more of a conversation because they're going to be in tune with each other before you even get to game day. So there, there shouldn't be any game day arguments. They should already know precisely what they're going to do with the contingency plans on what, what is scripted, what is unscripted, what they need to adjust to. If, if they start going cover two or they're going cover three or they're putting eight in the box. All that should already be choreographed beforehand. And when you have all of the continuity that we have on the coaching staff, that should be pretty simplistic. That should allow for a pretty symbiotic relationship. If the staff is on the same page and the players are on the same page and then they can operate as fast as physically possible, 195,000 miles an hour, less thinking, more doing, with this size, athleticism, speed, Depth, bring it on. Bring it on like Donkey Kong. All right, guys. I think that's all we're going to have for this one. You know, I love you. As always, God bless. Put your guns up. Go, Pokes. Thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We know you could be anywhere. I love to have you here. All right, y'all. Later, taters.